Hello everyone, welcome back to the Daybreak Podcast. I'm your host, Liriander, and today we're taking another dive into the Elder Scrolls Iceberg. So, starting off, we have the Klexographic League, a ninth level theory that is all about Klexography. Now, for those of you who don't know, Klexography refers to the art of making images out of ink blots. This is important to know because in a Tesla subreddit, there was a topic called Time as I Understand It, in which uh, Michael Kirkbride actually responded, explaining how Tamriel is the present, it is literally the center of time. Akavir is in the east and it is the future. Hammerfell to the west and it is in the past. And then somebody asked them, what is Lig on the opposite side to the center? To which uh, Michael Kirkbride responded, Lig is a backward coffee stain of Tamriel. I already told you that. One time, Nern got folded up, folded space style a la Dune Spice Navigators. Lig is the result. To which the same person responded, am I right to think of klexography only with the continents instead of ink? To which Mike Kirkbright gave a brief response, yeah. <laughs> and that's the basis of this theory. Continuing on the theme of League and all that sort of things, we have the Nord's Intercalpic League World Eaters theory. Now this is a 10th level theory which is based on the contents of the Mythic Dawn commentaries and the 500 Mighty Companions or thereabouts of Isgrimor the Returned. This theory is also known as the Transcalpic World-Eating Nords, which is a forum post on the old Bethesda forums, which explains a clear theory that implies that Nords are not only from the Kalpa League, but they themselves are Alduin in a sense, and they destroyed League which was under the control of the Drow, after which they left for the current Kalpa. Another user by the name of Donix1 summarized it by Nords tore down the towers in League as a revolt against the tyrannical Drow, which unbound linearity and returned it to the Dawn Era, effectively ending the Kalpa, which makes the Nords the World Eaters. Hell, in the 500 mighty campaigns of thereabouts of Ishgamor the Returned, the boat they arrive in is called World Eaters Awakening. Continuing with the theme of Nords being related to Kalpas, we have Sovngarde, Shor's Kalpic Army Theory, which starts with the obscure text Shor, Son of Shor, another piece of literature written by Michael Kirkbride, of course, which describes an endless cycle of battle ending before starting again, which is, of course, reminiscent of the Norse mythology of Ragnarok. But if you take into consideration that the text mentions an army that fights for shore, and Sovngarde is described as a hall where the spirits of the Nords wait until the final reckoning, then it starts to sound connected. The endless battle can be explained by the Kalpa cycle, always coming back again and again, and where the universe is reborn and the Elmafei wars begin again. And so the theory is born. Up next, we have something that goes a little bit further away from the Kalpa theories, which is the Dreamer Can't Wake Up theory. In Love Letter from the Fifth Era, the experience of Amaranth is likened to the combination of a hallucination due to sensory deprivation and a coma. To be more exact, the actual phrase is one that we actually discussed before. It's the new man becomes God, becomes Amaranth, everlasting hypnagogic. Now, for those of you who don't know what that word means, it means the transitional state from wakefulness to sleep, a sort of hallucination that occurs when you are falling asleep. So the idea of being in an everlasting state of that implies that you are somehow in a sort of comatose. And a comatose, as you might know, is a state where it is uncertain if you're ever going to wake up and maybe you're never going to wake up. And so the dreamer can't wake up because they're in a comatose. 
Or at least, that is the theory. Up next, we have the 7th level theory, Telescopic Orbus. In a series of in-character snippets, MK refers to this. Specifically, it refers to another Altmeri in-character snippet, in which one of the lines is, A single wheel? More like a telescope that stretches all the way back to the eye of Anuiel with padomaics innumerable along its infinite walls. Essentially, this refers to a cycle of all kalpas, uh, all wheels lined up with one another would make a telescope-like shape. The focal point of the telescope would be Mundus, ascending upwards until you hit Oblivion, then Aetherius surrounding that, and then lesser, more chaotic realms beyond that. This is also mentioned in the Merkmeyer book, Lost Tale of the Famed Explorer. Up next we have the third level theory, The Secret of the Ooze. The ooze is a boss-married term for primordial chaos of early Nern before the Earthbone stabilized it. To deepen in on this, the ooze refers to the formless chaos that, that you can find in their creation myth and children's tales. The boss-married creation myth states that in the beginning of time the world existed as a chaotic primordial ooze which would be shaped by Ifre, eventually giving birth to the Bosmer, a stabilized world and the Green Pact. The ooze itself and the stabilization of the world that follows it are most likely another interpretation of the Dawn Era and the creation of the Earthbones. The name of this theory could be a reference to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the second one, The Secret of the Ooze, which would imply that the Bosmeri legend might have similar properties to the ooze of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, which is the very thing that gave these turtles their ninja powers, as it were. It could therefore be the very thing that allows for the wild hunt transformation that the boss Mary can go through. Speaking of the Dawn era and other related myths, we have the Myth Echoes theory, a fourth level theory, which, to summarize real quickly, it is the tendency of events to mimic historic or other mythic events, such as mantling and hearts being torn from chests, in fact, in the Song of Pelennor, some say that Pelennor had no heart underneath his armor, only the amulet of kings in its place, and that this was proof he was a myth echo. The text, of course, does not elaborate, and this term does not come up in any other text, but presumably this specifically refers to how Pelennor's alleged heart situation echoes the Lorcan myth, wherein Lorcan's heart is removed and a single drop of its blood forms the amulet of kings. And this is taken by some as evidence that Pelinal is an incarnation of Lorcan, which we will get to into further when we talk about the Chesarine theory. In general, the term could also refer to how mythological events in Arbus naturally parallel and echo each other, such as the Anantiomorph, which we will also get into in a sec. Or to summarize it even more quickly, quoting George Lucas, it's like poetry, it rhymes. So, the Chesarine theory, a second level theory, so very high, it is some kind of mythical being known in ancient times. The term only appears in the Song of Pelennor, and in it, someone actually claims that Pelennor is the Chesarine, and they end up dying being smothered by moths. Now, if you remember, moths are related to the Elder Scrolls, so there's something interesting there. But the term Chesarine comes from Chesar, the, the spirit behind all human undertaking, and sometimes it is known as Lorcan. And when you combine the reoccurring nature of this mystic being 
as well as the various historical accounts of Pelennor being present both way before him, his time and way after his time, it seems to be like a, a reoccurring figure, an echo. Some people even assume that maybe the last Dragonborn is one of these incarnations, especially because several figures by the name of Izmir have been attributed to being the Cesarine. Others include Wolfharth, Hjalti Earlybeard and Turing Arctus. And of course, Pelennor Whitestrike. Now, the last theory for today, because we're going on for quite some time, is a fifth level theory called the Enantiomorph, like I mentioned earlier. It is a term mentioned in Sermon 29, in which it seemingly refers to Talos. In an interview with MK about the made-up words for the Elder Scrolls lore, this word was one of the words that was pointed out. And while MK remained vague on its meaning, he did imply that there are certain figures in history that sort of mirror or are parallel to certain archetypes. But luckily our friends over at the Tamrielic Archaeomythology and Society were able to give a more concrete explanation. They explain that the Enantiomorph refers to a mythic event in which three members partake, a king, a rebel and an observer. The king and the rebel trade places indistinguishably and it is the observer who tells the two apart. Often the observer ends up being maimed. Uh, examples of the King Rebel Observer include Anu, Padme and Nur, which is the original Antiomorph, and all the others are like echoes of that one. These echoes are Oriel, Lorcan and Magnus, Lorcan, Oriel and Trinimac, and Wolfhard, Hjalti and Arctus, which is of course a reference to Talos. So there's a lot of, you know, repeating elements in the Elder Scrolls lore, thus leading to these kind of theories. But that's enough for today. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself and are looking forward to the next one, because I certainly am. So until then, bye-bye!